Hour two of the game, the game after work. Mitch Fortner, Trey Coverdale, David G, and Owen Burke. Phone lines open for the next hour, 785-537-1350. Got Mitch Palm here in just a second. <sighs> I hate previewing the, the second segment of the hour because it's something I don't want to talk about. Oh, no. I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about college football continuing to change. I think I'm going to be a get-off-my-lawn, you know, don't-change-the-thing type of guy from here on out with college football. I can't wait for the game to be here because finally I get some happiness. (laughs) How about this? I mean, we just saw Avery Johnson in the top 10 prize. That's great. Maybe we're talking about KC's one of these 12, 14 teams. I'll never stop watching the Cats. That's fair. You quiet down, Owen, and you let him do his thing. Well, I'm just saying, you know. College football's losing its integrity. If K-State's number 13, I'd be okay with 14 teams getting in, you know. <laughs> I'm tired of all the greed. <laughs> Integrity? Not something the SEC knows about. Enough, yeah. Integrity? Come on. Yeah. We'll play blindly ranked five with old DG. Let's see if he remembers know how to play that game. Ask us anything. We'll also be led by DG as well. Um, let's see. What do we got coming up? First of all, we need to talk about this. BriggsAuto.com and KMAN present Passport to Cabo. We're giving away a free trip, all expense, paid trip to Cabo San San Lucas in Mexico. Jerome Tang vacations there, guys. You want to go for free, get signed up right now. Furniture Warehouse in Manhattan. Mm -hmm. Go get signed up, and tomorrow, between 5 and 6 p.m., we're drawn for tenants and finalists. Yeah, and they're going to have hot dogs, chips, drinks during the live broadcast, plus an all-in kind of sale going on like you see the thing right you see the sticker and it has the price mm-hmm. and then you got to do the, the math you go and when you're dumb like me you're stuck you're you might be standing there for an hour and they're like this guy's crazy and they don't even talk to you boom you're kicked out of the building what you see on the sticker is what you pay at furniture yes, yes, warehouse yes. i love furniture i yeah. have to go buy me some i love warehouses so we got it all covered <laughs> You just seem like a warehouse guy. Oh, oh boy. I love a good – who doesn't love a good deal? That's true. Also, speaking of good deal, we have a lot of sports for you tomorrow. Even though we won't have a show, we will have K-State baseball starting at 2.30, opening up a three-game series against UMass Lowell. Who? They're coming to town, and it starts with first pitch at 3.05, to be exact, 3.05. I'll be on the radio broadcast for the three-game series. Troy, uh, tomorrow, will be heading down to Liberal, Kansas for a little sub-state championship action, 6A West. The Manhattan girls looking to make their first trip to the state tournament since 2018 as they face off against Liberal, in Liberal, winner to state. Troy, I have to ask, will you be saying Liberal's mascot name? It's the Indians, isn't it? No. No? It's the much worse one. Savages. No, no, no. No. Former NFL name. Oh, Redskins. Well, you said it, so that answered <laughs> the question. You're fired. No, it's, I know. I know better. Given <laughs> it's called context. Yeah. The commanders. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the liberal commanders. Oh boy. So we got our answer. Troy will have the call. That starts, and we'll see where the baseball game is at at that point. 
But scheduled to start with pregame at 5.45 and tip off a little after 6 o'clock right here on K-Man. Yeah! Fortunately, the Manhattan boys, their season came to an end yesterday. Oof. A little bit of a shocker there. Wichita South comes out with the 70-56 to 56 victory. Ooh. I still can't can I, cannot believe that when I hit him this afternoon, how about Junction City losing in overtime? They I, lost? I told him, I was like... That was what a two fifteen matchup, three fourteen matchup. They lost Whoa. OT. They lost, lost by ten. Well, the thing is, I had lost track at halftime. I couldn't find a score. Yeah, on the Junction City game, so I couldn't make the update on the call. I just assumed that Junction City was going to win, and after Manhattan was done, I just didn't look. Yeah, I didn't go look for the score because Manhattan was done. And then I didn't even look this morning. And Troy, yeah, he's like. Tells me this. I was like, what? Wow. Junction City is Record really scratch. good. Yeah. <laughs> Junction City is a solid team this year. So it just made me wonder is like, were they missing a player? You know, was something up? You know, I don't know. Wow. Who did they lose to? Wichita East. City League schools. The man. Fighting Arthur. Uh, uh, Arthur Browns. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we got K State Hoops on Saturday. And it's a 5 o'clock pregame, tip-off at 6. The Cats play a Saturday night game in Cincinnati, Ohio. First trip for the Cats to Ohio since I'm guessing the mm-hmm. Kevin Lockett catch mm-hmm. in, what was that, 94, 95? Wonder, what year was it, 94? Whatever became of me. Wrap it up, I'm Troy. Living Just on wrap it up. In Cincinnati. You keep anyway. saying we're going to owe people money. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make a Sorry, prediction. It was there. Let's roll it. <laughs> Here's Mitch Ball with tonight's In two days. prediction. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have a show tomorrow, so we got to get our Mitch Palm uh, projection in there. Mitch Palm has been on the money the last two games. I think we found the right mixture of chemicals. You're taking enough sips. We finally updated <laughs> the software. <laughs> We're where we needed to be to perform at the highest level. Yeah. Mitch Palm against Cincinnati. The K-State Wildcats are 17-11. and 11. They're 7-8 and eight in the Big 12. Actually, I, I meant to look at this earlier just to be for sure. And that is the updated Big 12 standing. So, K-State right now, as I look at the, they're right now, they'd be 10th. Mm-hmm. They would be 10th in the standings, just sneaking into the second day, missing the first round of the Big 12 tournament. They're actually, to be fair, they're actually tied in 8th place with Texas and Oklahoma. So, tied for 8th, they're improving. Cincinnati is in 12th place. The Bearcats have lost three straight, and they've also lost five of the last six. They're kind of a – they were a desperate team. They were a desperate team. Now they are a – they have nothing to lose at this point. Well, maybe an NIT bid. They could lose that. But they're going to get a little crazy. Uh. Cincinnati 16-12 and overall, 5-10 and in the Big 12. This game will feature the two worst teams when it comes to turning over the basketball. That's why I think this could get a little bit silly. I hope. I mean, we'll, we'll break it down here, but Cincinnati's averaging 14 a game. K-State averages 15 a game. But the Cats have been doing a little bit better and not turning it over as much the last three games. 13 and a half. Cincinnati's been a little bit worse in turning it over the last three games with 17 turnovers a game. 
Offensively, Cincinnati is the worst three-point shooting team in the conference at 29.9%. K-State's a few percentage points better than that. They haven't made more than five threes in their last three games, and they, they those were losses. So they're not what? playing strong basketball right now. Yeah, they're wow. lacking a little bit. Um, they just never. Uh, Wes Miller, who apparently is my doppelganger, <laughs> um, had said earlier in conference play that they are dedicated to shoot better. They were competing in the Big 12. They just they weren't shooting in a high clip. Their, their shooting percentages didn't look good. That That is honestly, it hasn't really ever improved. This could be a magic number, and that is 40%. When Cincinnati, in Big 12 play, shoots under 40%, they are 1-9. That's a lot of times to shoot under 40%. That is. That's 10 that, times. Yeah. They, they wow they they really lack consistency don't get to the free throw line a ton 17 times a game uh that for big 12 standards not a ton um what they do best actually they're very good on the glass on offense they are the best offensive rebounding team in the big 12 at 13 a game mm. in big 12 play that's been a struggle for k-state giving up the offensive rebounds and teams getting opportunity to second and third chance points. All right, let's take a look at the Cincinnati defense. They are wanting to play at a slow pace. They want to grind it down, play at their pace the entire way, especially when they play at home. They want their hometown crowd in their student section. That It can be a feisty environment when they play at Fifth Third Arena. They're middle of the pack defensively in the shooting numbers. They force 11 turnovers a game. They're second best in the Big 12 at not allowing teams to the free throw line. K-State, the last two games, where it's really benefited them in the last two games is getting to the free throw line. They got to the line a ton, over 31 times the last two games. What I actually respect when it comes to Cincinnati the most on defense is they're really good shot blockers. Multiple guys that can block shots, long arms, Contest around the rim, net minders. They average over four and a half blocks a game. That's mm. second in the Big 12. Jeez. All right, players to look at. You know, I, I think this is another issue for Cincinnati. They don't have that one true guy. You know, K State has a, a, we call him the Big Three, but I would still say Tyler Perry is the top guy. Mm-hmm. I think he's, you know, Cam Carter for a while was the best player on the team. You know, I think Tyler Perry, though, has emerged as the leader. But they're all great players. Don't get me wrong. I think they can all go get points. I don't think Cincinnati has that. They don't have anybody that scores 12 points or more a game. They have three players in double figures per game. It starts with Dan Killings Jr., who's a guard. Uh, and they do rotate a lot because they only ha- they don't have anybody that plays more than 28 minutes a game. So that's they, they do rotate it. A decent amount, uh, but he averages 11.9 a game. He's a good rebounder. Um, turns it over a little bit too much, and his three-point shooting isn't crisp. It's at 30%. They also have a Day-Day on their team that will start. K-State has Day-Day Ames. Cincinnati has Day-Day Thomas. Don't like that. But here's the thing. Yeah, here's the thing. Here's what Mitch Pomp doesn't like about Day-Day Thomas. He spells Day-Day D-A-Y-D-A-Y. Well, Day-Day Ames spells it D-A-I-D-A-I. 
For Danny Thomas, it's too government. Yeah, I don't like that. Too government. Uh, like so that. it's uh, that, it like doesn't that. look good. No. doesn't look good for Cincinnati. Uh, Biggs, uh, they have a Russian. They have a guy from Russia on the team. Oh, Honestly, boy. just by saying that, I don't like it. Yeah, it's not good. It's not looking good, man. Victor something or other. Averaging 10.6 rebounds a game. He's a, he's a good shot blocker. He can be a good shot blocker. Um, pretty decent. He's decent around the rim. I not a, Don't expect him to shoot from distance. I think if you foul him, he's 50% at the foul line. He's okay around the rim. Um, I bet he gets in foul trouble. He fouls a little bit too much. Mm. He'll get into foul trouble. I think this is a good game for K-State for the guys like David Gasson, Will McNair. Arthur Kaluma. If you can't tell by now, I'm feeling pretty good about K-State. Okay. Um, but, obviously, there's been a change to the mixture of chemicals, the formula, mm-hmm. and that is famous alumni. Well, Cincinnati's a new opponent, so might as well look at him. I mean, K-State hasn't play, didn't play him in football. This is the first meeting in basketball uh, for the men. George Clooney. That's a good start. Wow! George Clooney! Does that kind of balance out, like, does that like, cancel out the Russian guy if you have George Clooney? Does that kind of cancel, or are they weighted on their own? You know what I'm saying? I think George Clooney donated NIL money to get him. Ooh. I think he's the fun, he's the uh, he's the guy bringing the money. Ugh. He's like, that is a big Russian. <laughs> get him on the team. Here's some George Clooney money. And like this day and age, it wouldn't be a bad idea to be friends. <laughs> Although I don't think that's a move George Clooney would would make. Wowzer. Second would be Sarah Jessica Parker. What? <laughs> I, just, I just flipped my pen. I was like, <laughs> Sarah Jessica Parker. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, Carrie? you're right. The, the, how is this happening at the University of Cincinnati? Wow, oh, what's up? Yes, you're right. The famous actress from, of course, the original Footloose. Mm-hmm. Sarah Jessica Parker. She was in Footloose. You're right. Supporting. She was, she's like, it's really surprising her 80s resume. I, I mean. The you, 80s resume is deep. I, I'm, I'm impressed you didn't go with Square Pegs. <laughs> TV show? Square pegs? Yeah. No. <laughs> I mean, you go for the supporting actress role in Footloose. I mean, you might as well go with something she was in a starring role yeah. for. Well, I, I can't mean. think of what else she was in in the eighties. She so uh, she isn't like a st- uh, star in any of them, but she does a lot of like also star kind of stuff. Because I knew of Footloose, I knew mm-hmm. of Sex in the City, of course, and then. In the 90s, she had Hocus Pocus. That movie, Hocus Pocus. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. She Disney the- movie, right? Yeah. I can't tell you anything else. And then the last famous alumni I picked out, not Travis Kelsey. I went Jason Kelsey. Hey. I think I'm more of a Jason Kelsey guy. Yeah. I'm talking off the field, just who the who they are. You know, and shout out to Travis, you know, dating, probably in love with Taylor Swift. They are in Travis love. Kelsey is just, uh, or Jason Kelsey is just a different animal. Yeah. I think he's the life of the party. <laughs> he he's is. a dude's dude. He's a true Midwesterner. That's what he is. Uh, all right, keys to the game. Uh, you know, Drum Tank said it earlier today, actually, that, you know, th- these are two kind of desperate teams. He said this in a way. Two desperate teams where this is like an NCAA tournament game. K-State needs this win. It's a must win. 
it's a quad one win if K-State gets it done. Cincinnati, though, I, I, I said it earlier, I don't know where they're at when it comes to desperation. They've lost three in a row. I think those three losses have kind of knocked them out mm-hmm. of contention for an NCAA tournament. But are they playing now like they have nothing to lose? Now they can just do what they want. You know, pull out the stops. Let's just go for this. You know? You don't remember Flight of the Navigator? No, no. <laughs> oh, my no. God. Anyway, go ahead. Wow. Um, and it's simple. I'm going to go with the same keys as earlier. Mitch Palms. Win the three-point line. Win the free throw line. Get to the free throw line. But I think it's also important for Cincinnati into jump shots. They're going to miss them. Keep them under 40%. You're going to win this game. Let's go! But believe it or not, Ken Palm is actually going 29% chance Cats win. What? 29% chance a six-point win for Cincinnati. I'm feeling good about this. I like where K-State has gone the last couple of games. Maybe they're not as good defensively, but they're scoring points. Yeah. They're hitting shots. Now let's see this on the road at Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going Cats. I got K-State a 58% chance of winning at Cincinnati. And the final score, Cats win it. I'm going to go a little bit more lower scoring. 67-64. I'm going Cats. Go. And I'm going K-State. Let's go. Let's be specific there because, you know, Cincinnati is the Bearcats. Yeah. A timeout when we come back. We might have a 14-team college football playoff before we even play a 12-team college football playoff. That's up next. We're back on the game with Mitch. That's me. Troy's over here, Hello. DG's over there, hey. and Owen's across the glass. Talk college football playoff here in just a second. Looks like things may be changing again. Nothing for sure yet, but I think if we've learned anything, there's no time to get comfortable with the way college football's moving. <laughs> it's always moving now, boys and girls. Good grief. I don't think we'll ever stop moving and adjusting and those who want to make more money will find the ways to make more money. That's what college athletics, especially college football, is. What is why why fourteen? What's uh... well? <laughs> I'll be honest with it. This whole thing, I'm a little bit behind on it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Heather Dinich came out with an article earlier today, just kind of breaking down what the recent talks have been, and it has to do with the the TV rights. <laughs> For the college football playoff. They're up in two years. And ESPN is going to finalize a new deal. It hasn't been officially done yet, but they're apparently close to signing. But 1.3 book. Yeah. yeah. Playing over a billion dollars for the rights starting in 2026, and that those rights will last for six years. So they can lay off more people from ESPN. Yeah. But, but the thing is, now that's like, all right, what's going to be the format of the college football playoff? I We don't know exactly. So it's, it's going to be 12 Teams, of course, it's the five-seven formula with the five qualifiers that was it the top five conference champions, and then seven at larges. So yep, you have a, yep. a group of five, the highest ranked group of five conference champion will be an automatic qualifier. Then you have the seven at large. What basically the and this is you're going to hate this. I hate it. What the what the fourteen team college football playoff model would be is that. 
you would have three automatic qualifiers from the SEC and Big Ten. You would have two from the Big 12 and ACC, one from the group of five, and then just three at-large spots. If Notre Dame is a top 14 team, then they get a spot. And then you're down to two at-large spots. So now we are now gravitating towards a model where it just it, it'll really benefit you if you're in the right conference. Mm-hmm. It's not. It, it is now more name recognition, geography, what conference you're in. That's now where the college football playoff is benefiting now more from if you're in the right conference. I wondered when they were going to do this. When they were going to say. We should get more. We should we should have more automatic bids than you guys. And as you can imagine, with this formula, because the twelve team, eighty percent of the money is going to go to the power conferences. Twenty percent mm-hmm. is to the group of five, and I can't remember how much Notre Dame gets. Um, but now it's going to be SEC and Big Ten are going to get a lot more money than everybody else. Yeah. Welcome to the college football playoff, is it anyway, where the games are made up and the conferences are all that matter. And, and, and Notre Dame is like, they're just, they're, I guess they're cool with it. I, The thing is, and I brought this up just a second ago, but just don't know who's the one pushing this. Is it Greg Sankey? Is it whoever, the, the guy now that's the commissioner of the Big Ten, I can't remember his name. Um, are they the ones doing this? Or I, I also think it's ESPN. Mm-hmm. Let's get let's get some more games in there. Mm-hmm. Let's make more money. Let's find ways to make more money. Well, let's also try to get as many SEC Big Ten teams we can get in there. Yeah, that's why it's like, um, why not just let the TV people pick the fourteen team? You know what I mean? Like, why not just do it that way? They're controlling the whole thing anyway, so. Might as well. I mean, it kind of feels like we got a little taste of it with the Florida State punch out this year. I get that they're mm-hmm. protecting the, sure. the games itself, but like, I'm curious. Like, say we had that this year, does Florida State still get bumped at that point? You're sending three SEC teams in. I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of it, truthfully. I think the 12 model doesn't sound awful. 14, I think. Why? Well, I, mean, well, I don't like going past getting automatic qualifiers past the conference champions. Yeah. 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 This is just guaranteeing that you know if the Big Ten gets three, all right, we we should definitely this every year get Michigan and Ohio State in. Let's guarantee we get them in. With the SEC, we guarantee we get Alabama and Georgia in every year. Yep. You know, and you leave room for a sleeper. You know, like let's just say one year a uh, Minnesota has a great year. He goes, we're still guaranteeing that those little sleeper schools get in too. And it stinks, dude. It sucks. At some point, do they start to look, oh, wait, no, they won't do this. I mean, the FCS levels uh, playoffs is 24 teams. No. But, I mean, that's also under the NCAA umbrella, as opposed to this being its own entity and the NCAA essentially washing its hands of it. Mm-hmm. With the 24-team playoff, FCF level, has that made winning your conference any less of an importance? No. No. Uh, I mean, if you if you ask anybody in the Missouri Valley Conference their views on conference title or not, 
you think North Dakota State, South Dakota State are going to kind of laugh at you and say, no, because they know that it means that it's a higher seed. Right. They recognize what it means in terms of a seed seed spot for them Mm -hmm. by winning their conference. They're going to be rad. 24 teams. That'd be awesome. Talk about more money. Mm. There it is. And in that package, then that means that you have uh, eight teams that have first-round buys. Why not? Mm-hmm. Oh, and they play on campus until you get to the championship game. Mm-hmm. Even more of a fan of that. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, some of that is built on who can bid the most money to host the game. And then FCF, they if there is a, fa- a fatal flaw to that, it is when, like, you know, UC San Obispo is hosting and, and <laughs> they're playing somebody from, like, Massachusetts, you know? And it's like, there's going to be no fans. That is, however, minimized because they do try to seed it as regional as possible right. when they set up the brackets. Right. Usually what will happen is that you will get, for example, if the Big Sky has multiple teams in it, you would see them either meet in the second or third round of it. Ah. Mm-hmm. And so it becomes an elimination uh, among conference teams. Right. I'm our old friend Montana. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Uh, how many times it's been uh, Montana or Montana State against Weber just yeah. comes to mind. Yeah. yeah. I find it just kind of gross that in a 14-team model, you only have three at-large yeah. opportunities, and one can just be easily taken by Notre Dame because they're not in a conference, and they've given them the top 14 spots. You just finish in the top 14, and you're good. You're going into the college football playoff every single year, Notre Dame, as long as you're in the top 14. What What if UConn gets good at football? <laughs> be a miracle. What did they get to do? Nah, that ain't happening, no. I mean, it's just, <laughs> throwing that, just throwing that out there. Let's talk about it. What if UConn gets good at football? Oh boy, are they? Are they they're just a top fourteen. Is it the same thing? They're not thrown into this conversation exactly because the rule doesn't state any independent team above fourteen will get in. It's specifically Notre Dame above fourteen. They're in, yeah. but, but apparently the original proposal was like the SEC and Big Ten getting four automatic qualifiers which it could just be like oh well we say four but we really want three and this is more of a co- we get the compromise but that's what we are wanting on wanting all along but since they get an extra automatic qualifier over everybody else those three at large spots they automatically have a big advantage on grabbing one or two of those spots so they'll still get four teams in mm-hmm. just by the conference they're in the advantage they have from their qualifiers already Set in stone, the ranking will be accordingly, in my opinion. I do not see it being different. This stinks for all those schools joining the Big 12. Well, and I want to just say, come on. Oh, there's that on top of it, yeah. Yeah. Well, and I just want to say, this is not set in stone. There's still other other models they're looking at, not necessarily this one, but this seems to be the one that has picked up the most steam. We got to get... On social media, and we got to bury this thing. Wendy's, yeah. Wendy's was going <laughs> to do surge pricing, and everybody hated it so badly that they go, whoa, 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 no, no, no. We were talking about something else. We we're going to do something else. If the people hate enough, the suits get nervous and they switch it. Call me crazy, but I do see a little bit of a difference from a ten dollar combo meal compared to uh, 
$1.3 billion. You think Greg Sankey at the SEC is going to give a darn? No, you just... You think Greg yeah. Sankey at the SEC, who's the lord of college football, let is going him, to care? Let it rip on X, boys and girls. He may not care, all right? But that Baconator meal and this college football playoff at the end of the day both affect my happiness, all right? <laughs> and that's got to count for something. Half a dozen of one and six of another, man. It's the same thing. Let's go. If we just start right now, I hate tweeting at them. Go, what are you, dumb? And get more people going, too? It's going gonna, it's gonna to work. But... When's the last time that that worked in college football? Let's say oh, both okay. both ways you didn't get your way. What would be easier? Just not watching college football or not going to Wendy's? Not going to Wendy's. Exactly. <laughs> they know they've got you. They ain't got We're me. We're too hooked on the sport. No, I'll watch, we love college football too much. I'll watch the 2014 tournament known as the FCS you know, playoffs. I'll watch that all day. Should we just make an NCAA tournament where every single team gets in? Yeah. Why yeah. not? Started think, in January. Yeah, Dan Patrick was talking about just, why don't we just do uh, 64 teams like we do basketball? Just throw everybody in there. Who cares? That'd be wild. <laughs> that would be, That'd be wild. Three-month-long tournament. <laughs> this, is our last, <laughs> this is our last show of the week. When we come back, let's do a, a Friday game. Blindly ranked five with DG in the hot seat next. It's been a minute, but we're going to play Blindly Ranked 5. I've had this one saved for a little while. Wanted to go with this uh, topic ever since the Super Bowl wrapped up. And we were talking about, is the Kansas City Chiefs now a dynasty? Whoa. Are they now the New England Patriots? Well, let's discuss dynasties as we play Blindly Ranked 5. Sports dynasties is the topic, Deej. You are the contestant as always. And if you don't know how Blindly Ranked 5 works, here's how we play. I've given him the topic, and he'll get dynasties one at a time. He'll have to rank them one at a time with anticipation of not knowing what comes next. Hmm. Hmm. Does mm-hmm. everybody understand how the game works? Mm-hmm. I think so. I think I'll pick it up as you go along. Deed, your first dynasty is the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, wee. One through five, where would you put... The Kansas City Chiefs dynasty. Uh, do you have a lapis or a, a pen of some kind? Thank you. I have one. That's the only one I have. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Right through the window. Um, okay. I found a pencil. Thank you. Good Doesn't luck work. with that. Doesn't work. What do you say? Okay, the show's off the rails. Um, I'm going to put the Kansas City Chiefs dynasty because there are some serious dynasties in sports history. Over the years. And I think you're going to bring up some pretty pretty doggone big ones. I'm going to put the Chiefs at four. Number four, Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City Chiefs at four. Deed, your second sports dynasty in blindly ranked five. Alabama football under Nick Saban. He retired and uh, 17 years at Alabama won six national championships. That's number two, Alabama. Bama at number two. Mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be number one. Interesting. I wonder, I wonder, I'm trying to think of what you might be thinking is coming that you would put at number one. Mm-hmm. All right, you have the Chiefs at four. You have Bama at two. Your third dynasty 
UConn women's basketball. The UConn women under Gino Oriema from 99 to 16 was dominant forever. 11 national championships. Yeah. That's number three, UConn women. They, I mean, it got to be so um, common that it was, it actually got annoying after a while. Hate Gino's face. Just can't stand the man. All right, you have Bama at two, UConn women at three, the Kansas City Chiefs at four. We are blindly ranking five sports dynasties. Yeah. Your fourth dynasty, the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> Number five, give me a break. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what are you talking about? One, three Super Bowls in four years? Yeah. Did the yeah. Chiefs won three Super Bowls in was it five years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they uh, they were also um, they sucked. <laughs> <laughs> just trying to tear. Man, you're talking about Jimmy Johnson. <laughs> no facts. You're just like just zero facts. Ah, they stink. Troy Aikman, <laughs> Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin, and we're not even really even getting to the defense. Yeah, yet. we haven't talked to one defensive guy yet. Jeff Code, Haley, Norton, Maryland. You didn't get to the Great Wall of Dallas either. That offensive line, some beef. Up front. Coke, prostitutes. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Jerry Jones. <laughs> oh, sorry they liked Jerry the party. Sir. <laughs> it was the early 90s. <laughs> you didn't even bring up Al uh, Harper. That was man. not on my bingo card for the day. Yeah. <laughs> they liked to party. Hey, hey dude. Okay, oh, so again, my. recap here real quick. Blindly ranked five sports dynasties. Bama football at two. UConn women's basketball at three. The Chiefs at four. The Cowboys at five. This is going to be your number one, and that is the K-State crop judging team. 32 national championships. In a row, right? Or no, no, no. no. <laughs> I will gladly take they, – they smash. K-State crop judging is in a whole nother – Stratosphere. It's a stratosphere. Yeah. It's, in a, it's a whole nother galaxy as far as dynasties go. You know the galaxy like expands like yeah. three light years per second. Yeah, it expands because K State crop judging keeps winning national keeps championships because yes. yeah. they expand at two point nine. So you just got to keep it. You going. know when yeah. a black hole starts rolling around town and it's just start eating stuff up and it's like, Whoa, where's it going? What's it doing? That's K State's crop judging team yeah. eating up, eating up everything. National championships and people are. are just like, oh them again, and it's like, yeah, us again. Yeah, you know the whole eat them up, eat them up KSU? It came from them. It started yeah. at crop judging events. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're like, finish up. We're hungry. We're very hungry. Let's go. They're, they're like, no, I'm judging this this crop right here, and I'm going to get down to the, the I'm gonna get down to business here. I'm going to find out exactly what this is and where it's from, and you can hold off oh on eating, fool. DJ had crop judging, K-State 1, Bama 2, UConn 3, uh, Chiefs 4, Cowboys 5. You happy with the list? I feel that is the list. I feel like it is. Yeah. The Cowbs, way down. Way down there. I had mine shuffled a little bit, but you're pretty close. What would you shuffle? I uh, I have the same number one. That's the most important part, first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I would have put I put UConn at two. I did put Alabama at three. I was waiting for a Boston Celtics, New England Patriots come up there. <laughs> I was, That's why I was kind of putting Alabama at three. I was waiting for one of those two and to I, come through. I thought but. Yankees were coming, too. Yeah, that would have been a well, – which one? That's yeah, – you're the like, 20s, which Yankees? The 20s. <laughs> Way back in the day. Babe Ruth. 
Yeah, that would have been the era I would have gone. Yeah, yeah. Gary. The Bronx Bars. All right, we take our final break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the week with Ask Us Anything after these words. Here we go, another edition of uh, Ask Us Anything. Wanted to count you down. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was 12, 11. Go ahead. (laughs) Hey, what was the I was there moment? That you witnessed in person. When The Undertaker lost at WrestleMania 30. Whoa, you were there. Ended the streak. I was there. New Orleans, Louisiana. I will always be jealous of that. Probably any wrestling story, he was like, I was there for that. It was super shocking. I can only imagine. I I literally gasped. (gasps) I just kind of looked around and everybody was like, holy crap. I just witnessed history. Well, everybody, I, I thought somebody messed up. Oh, yeah. Like, there was a botch or, like, the referee accidentally counted three because they didn't play music or anything right after. Whoa. It was just ding, ding, ding. Like, what the hell? Half the fans are just sitting there like, did he mean to count to three? No! Yeah. Fair share of those. I mean, it lasted for 21 years. It's like, or maybe longer than that. I was like, this. And then it set in. I was like, holy crap. I was there for it. Wow. Mine will be a news one. The night Barack Obama was officially nominated as a candidate for president at the Democratic National Convention in 08. Where was that at? Denver. Oh, okay. I was covering the whole week down there. Okay. I've never seen a president in person. Or even like, even before their president or anything like that. Like, I never saw Donald Trump in person when I was in NYC or No, yeah. I've been through uh, Secret Service background checks multiple times. They, I saw Dick Cheney on Fort Riley and I was like, I was working, and they were telling everybody, "Get out of here, go home. You're do- you're done." And we're like, "What's going on?" And then Dick Cheney showed up, and I was looking at him. I was like, "Well, that's the vice president." And then a guy in a black SUV like rolled the window down and was looking at me. He had the glasses on. He was like Secret Service. It was terrifying. Listen, I'm impressed that you didn't get a gun pointed at you <laughs> by Dick Cheney. <laughs> <laughs> Look out! You're worried about the wrong guys. Look out! Yeah, no doubt. Watch out for him. He, he had it under control. He didn't need the Secret Service. This dude. <laughs> um, hey, would well, you... Hold on a second. Owen. Oh, yeah. Did oh. you have one of those moments? I don't know if I've had one in person. I did watch the Minnesota Miracle on TV in my dorm room. That was pretty cool when uh, Stefan Diggs down the sideline. I mean, who didn't watch it in their dorm room? Hey, I mean, <laughs> I was sitting there just playing games, and I looked over, and I was like, oh, this is coming down to the wire. And I, I, like, I Oh, my God. I was there when Aoka Lee scored 61 there points. There you go. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's the PA that day. Yeah. Filling in for Rob. <laughs> um, would you rather take unlimited plane trips in the middle seat only, though, or once a year get to sit in an extravagant first class cabin? Let, let me make sure I have this right. Like, So I could get unlimited flights for, forever, for, anywhere forever if I had to sit in the middle seat. Or I can only fly once a year, but it's first class. I'm honestly going to take the middle seat. Mm. Is there a family and friends thing on this? Like, if we all split up in middle seats down to get me and the family going? Sure. <laughs> Why not? Brody's just sitting between two strangers. Yeah. The thing is, like, do do, I'm not a big guy. Yeah. So I can sit, maybe not comfortably. I don't know if that's the word I would use. Yeah. But I'd be okay. Dude. I'd make it work. I love to travel that much. I'd be struggling. As long as he's not qualifying who's sitting on the either side of yeah. 
Oh, it's not going to be comfortable. I, I I mean, you know, if seatbelt extenders are involved, <laughs> then we've got issues. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be uncomfortable. No matter like, what. No, like, you're going to trip. You're going to book some trip to, like, the Bahamas. Oh. And be sitting oh. in between some. Yeah. Yeah. 747 for Hawaii in a row with offensive linemen. Oh, God. Yeah, guess, yeah, guess guess who's trapped in seat number three <laughs> hey, fellas, of the five. Over? Yeah, we are um, moved over. middle section of the plane. Unfortunate <laughs> luck there. That's what that is. <laughs> Did Northern Colorado always put the radio guy in the worst spot? No, but we were stuck on a commercial flight to Hawaii for crying out loud. So. Have you ever been on a 747 before? That's another no, question. No, I have not. I've only been on the two um, aisles thing. The biggest plane I've ever been on is... Three seats on each side. Yeah. Yeah, I'm the same way. Same. I've only been on a plane once in my life. And oh, my oh, wow. God. Where was that to? It was a school trip to Seattle. Had a layover in Denver and then scooted up there for four days for a conference, then back. Well, journalism has been on protection. So you're probably still scared of turbulence. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely probably startled me, yeah. Now, for sure. Welcome to Denver. Yeah. <laughs> We're done. We got K-State baseball. We got Manhattan Girls basketball tomorrow for Owen. Deej Troyamich. Go Cats.